Jesus was crucified outside the walls of Jerusalem. This sin offering, what wasn't burned up on the altar, would be burned up outside the camp of Israel. Jesus was crucified outside the walls of Jerusalem. And only by identifying with the Lord, His death, burial, and resurrection, can we have forgiveness of sin. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. We are looking at Exodus 29 and 30. Tonight we're looking at a message that I entitled, Hear, Work, Walk, and Wash. Hear, work, walk, and wash. And we're going to find all these things in the next couple of chapters, really dealing with uh, the instructions that God gave to Moses. At this point in the book of Exodus, Moses is still up on the mountain. Back in chapter 20, he received the Ten Commandments from the Lord. But he's been receiving information, putting it down, the plans for the tabernacle, the specifications in the trades. We would have blueprints and specifications. The blueprints would show you what you needed to do. The specs would simply give greater detail. And we've had a greater detail of all that God wanted constructed by the children of Israel. As far as the tabernacle, last week looking at the making of the garments of the high priest, and Aaron's four sons, the priest that would follow after him. So the regular priest and the high priest, the garments. Here God is instructing Moses about the consecration of Aaron and his sons to be the priest over Israel. And we'll actually read about that consecration when we get to Leviticus chapter 8. And it's almost repeating a lot of what we're looking at here in our text in Exodus 29. So Exodus 29 is God telling Moses, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to do it. And then in Leviticus chapter 8, we will find them following the Lord's command in detail and really repeating a bit of what we're going to look at tonight. And we'll we'll give a glimpse over to Leviticus chapter 8 and a couple of verses as well to get a greater picture of what we're looking at tonight. But I titled Exodus 29, Hear, Work, and Wash. So God wanted his priests to hear from him, 
to do the work of ministry and to walk in God's way. And I'll explain that, what I think is in a very unique way. And it really hit home to me many years ago when my neighbor shared with me how he stopped reading the Bible when he came to Exodus chapter 29. And he put it down for over a year because of something he read in this chapter. And when he told me what it was, I instantly explained to him the meaning of it. And uh, he's walking with the Lord. He's a good guy today. But this chapter stumped him. And I'll explain that to you when we get to it. I've been trying to have key verses in each of these chapters. I picked verse 20, and this will give you the hint of the title, Hearing, Working, and Washing. In Exodus 29, 20, it says, Then you shall kill the ram and take some of its blood and put it on the tip of the right ear of Aaron and on the tip of the right ear of his sons and on the thumb of their right hand and on the big toe of their right foot and sprinkle the blood all around the altar. And so this is a significant verse of uh, part of the consecration of Aaron and his sons to be priests over Israel. And they were to have a perpetual priesthood, according to verses 1 through 9. Remember, God is instructing. We'll actually read about the consecration in Leviticus chapter 8. But this is the instructions that God gave to Moses while he was there on Mount Sinai. And this is what you shall do to them to hollow them for ministry to me as priests. Take one bull, one young bull, two rams without blemish and unleavened bread, unleavened cakes mixed with oil and unleavened wafers anointed with oil. And you shall make them of wheat flour and you shall put them in one basket and bring them in the basket with the two bulls and two rams, one bull and two rams, sorry. And Aaron and his sons you shall bring to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and you shall wash them with water, and you shall take the garments, put the tunic on Aaron and the robe of the ephod, and the ephod and the breastplate, and gird him with the intricately woven band of the ephod. And you shall put the turban on his head, and put the holy crown on the turban. And you shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and anoint him. You shall bring his sons and put tunics on them and you shall gird them with the sash, Aaron and his sons. You shall put hats on them and the priesthood shall be theirs for a perpetual statute. You shall consecrate Aaron and his sons. So this is the commandment that the Lord gave to Moses concerning the consecration of the priesthood, the Arianic line, the Arianic priesthood, I looked that up. I mean, it sounds correct. But the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints have a lot to say about the Arianic priesthood. I think they believe that they're actually descendants somehow. They had a lot to say about it. So we'll just say uh, the priesthood that came from the line of Aaron and his sons. And this is how it was even up until the time of Christ. So God gave them instructions. He gave them the Ten Commandments, the various laws, the statutes, the blueprints, the specifications. And it would take us from Exodus chapter 20 all the way through Exodus 31, which we'll be able to look at, Lord willing, next week. 
until Moses came down off the mountain and stepped into the mess of the golden calf that is recorded for us in Exodus chapter 32. We should be able to see both of those in our study next week. So here in Exodus 29, God gave instructions for the ceremony connected with the consecrating of Aaron and his sons, as described in Leviticus chapter 8. Before they were able to minister before the Lord for the people of Israel, they were to be that go-between between God and his people. And the priests were to minister in behalf of the people before the Lord God of Israel. They had to be consecrated to serve the Lord, to hollow them in the ministry of the priesthood. And this ceremony would include the offering of a, a young bull and two rams, and also uh, this wheat flour breads. He described unleavened bread, unleavened cakes, unleavened wafers that have been anointed with oil. And after they were ceremonially washed, and this was not, I'm sure they bathed before they came to this event, but there was the ceremonial washing. We saw one of these in Israel when we were there. Not the bronze laver that we'll read about in chapter 30, but we saw uh, there in Israel where they had unearthed underneath uh, some of the homes in Israel today. In the old city, they had unearthed back to the time of Christ and found a ceremonial washing pool in this house that was believed to be connected to the priest, where it was literally, it was like a baptistry. They had stairs going down and stairs going up, and they were just, I guess, kind of a quick wash, just walk in and walk out. But it wasn't bathing in the sense of taking a bath, but this ceremonial washing that had to take place to symbolize the cleansing of themselves as they came to the presence of the Lord. But the water wasn't sufficient to bring about the cleansing. That was the provision of the young bull to be a sin offering for them. And then the two rams also offering made in their behalf. So after they were ceremonially washed, they were clothed in their priestly garments. Aaron in the garments of the high priest with his turban and the crown which... Uh, basically was explained to us last week in Exodus 28, 36. The crown was a golden plate that went on his turban that was engraved with the words, Holiness to the Lord. And they were reminded by their clothing, by the turbans that they wore, that they were in service to God. Exodus 28, 36, You shall make a plate of gold and engrave on it like the engraving Engraving of a signet, holiness to the Lord. And Exodus twenty-eight forty: For Aaron's sons, you shall make tunics, and you shall make sashes for them, and you shall make hats for them for glory and beauty. So they were serving Israel as the priest of Israel before the holy God that had delivered them. So all the garments worn by the Old Testament priests, they were symbolic of being set apart for the work that God had called them to. The work of ministry that the Lord had called them to was signified by the garments. They had a dress code that they had to wear. In Exodus 28, 
43, it tells us they shall be on Aaron and his sons when they come to the tabernacle of meeting or when they come near the altar to minister in the holy place that they do not incur iniquity and die. It shall be a statute forever to him and his descendants after him. So they had to put on the priestly garb when they came and ministered before the Lord. If not, God said, you might die. So today I would think we'd have some hip pastors thinking, no, I don't have to dress that way. I can make my hair stand up and wear some skinny jeans and be really cool, even though I'm 60 years old. My jeans aren't skinny and my hair doesn't stand up, but I used to stand it up pretty well. Anyways, we have those hipsters, pastors that think, well, we'll relate to the people better. They had no option. They had to wear what the Lord had required of them. Now, thankfully, the Lord doesn't require of the preachers and pastors today of a special dress code. But I explained last week as I was preaching, my dad had his own dress code when he was a pastor of Mount Carmel Baptist Church. And Sunday morning, it was suit and tie. Sunday evening services, it was sport coat and tie. And Wednesday evening, he relaxed and he didn't wear a tie, but he had a sports coat on. So he had his dress code, and I guess we all have uh, what we feel is appropriate when we come and worship the Lord. So according to Exodus 29.9, all the priests were to be descendants of Aaron. That is until Christ. Christ was not of the line of Aaron, not of the tribe of Levi, he came from the tribe of Judah. He was of the kingly line, and that is why the author of Hebrews kind of gives us an insight to this, saying that though Christ is the high priest unto God, the great high priest, he doesn't come in the line of Aaron. In Hebrews 5, verses 9 and 10, saying, Having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation, to all who obey him, called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And so Jesus coming in a different order, actually from the tribe of Judah, the kingly line, but also a priestly line according to the order of Melchizedek. And we learned about Melchizedek back in the book of Genesis. So the offering of consecration, i We'll see if we read every word, but we're going to find these offerings of consecration that came in three separate offerings, that of the offering of the young bull, and then the first ram, and then the second ram. And before offering the bull and the two rams, Aaron and his sons, they had to place their hands on the heads of these animals that they might identify themselves with their sacrifices part of the ceremonial process. And this is for anyone who offered a, a burnt offering, a peace offering unto the Lord and bring an animal sacrifice to the Lord. They would identify the sacrifice by placing their hand upon the head of the animal, whatever that animal might be. And in verse 10 and 11, it tells us, and you shall have the bull brought before the tabernacle of meeting. Aaron and his sons shall put their hands on the head of the bull. Then you shall kill the bull before the Lord by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So the bull was offered as a sin offering. This bull, the very first offering, was a sin offering. 
for Aaron and his sons. And some of its blood was to be placed on the horns of the altar, while the remainder was to be poured out by the altar. And then Moses was to burn a memorial portion of the bull upon the altar, while the rest of the portions was to be burned outside the camp. We're going to see in the third offering of the second ram that Moses would receive a portion for officiating uh, the ceremony. He would have his portion of that ram. Aaron and their sons would receive a portion of the breast. They call it a wave offering. And they would wave the offering before the Lord, but then it was turned over to Aaron and his sons that they could commune, they could eat the offering before the Lord, have communion with the Lord. But the sin offering was not a communion offering. The sin offering, you did not partake of it. Uh, The priest who would offer a sin offering didn't get to take a section of it home as part of his payment. It was either burned up on the altar or burned outside the camp because it was a sin offering to the Lord. And so the detailed procedure that was used in offering the sacrifices to God really teaches us about the cost of our sins. Whether intentional or unintentional, as we see the great cost that Jesus paid in our behalf when he went to the cross, Jesus was crucified outside the walls of Jerusalem. This sin offering, what wasn't burned up on the altar, would be burned up outside the camp of Israel. Jesus was crucified outside the walls of Jerusalem. And only by identifying with the Lord, his death, burial, and resurrection, can we have forgiveness of sin. So Hebrews thirteen twelve tells us, Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. So we see a little bit of connection with these offerings. As we read in verses 10 and 11 about taking the bull and Aaron and his sons, putting their hands on the head of the bull and Moses killing the bull at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And then I'll just read the verses, verses 12 through 14. You shall take some of the blood of the bull and put it on the horns of the altar with your finger and pour all the blood beside the base of the altar. You shall take all the fat that covers the entrails and the fatty lobe attached to the liver and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them and burn them on the altar. But the flesh of the bull with its skin and its offal, you shall burn with fire outside the camp. It is a sin offering. So we'll read of one of the rams being a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord, but this is not. It is a sin offering. And Christ, we identify in a sense that he took our sins upon him there on the cross that we might find forgiveness through the Lord. So we too must identify with Christ like Aaron and his sons had to identify with this young bull. In verses 15 through 18, we have the first ram that's offered. This is called a burnt offering. In verse 18, a burnt offering to the Lord, a sweet aroma and offering made by fire to the Lord. And once again, the laying on of hands to identify themselves with this ram. And the burnt offering was wholly burned up, consumed on the altar. And it's significant because... It was to signify the worshiper's desire to be holy 
committed to God, wholly consecrated to God. Verses 15 through 18 we read, You also shall take one ram, and Aaron and his son shall put their hands on the head of the ram, and you shall kill the ram, and you shall take its blood and sprinkle it all around the altar. And you shall cut the ram in pieces, wash its entrails and its legs, and put them with its pieces and with its head. You shall burn it, the whole ram on the altar. It is a burnt offering to the Lord. It is a sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. So the burnt offering, we'll read about all the offerings, the sin offering, trespass offering, the peace offerings, the burnt offering, the offering of consecration. We'll read about all these in the book of Leviticus and really get into detail. But here it speaks of the worshiper's desire to be wholly consecrated to the Lord. As that animal was wholly burned upon the altar, in total obedience to the Lord, they desired to wholly give their lives to the Lord. And this is what Jesus, again, did for us when he went to the cross. In total obedience to God his Father. Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves in order that we as worshipers could have our sins atoned for. And thus Jesus paid the price of our sins that we might dedicate ourselves, our lives to God. In 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, Peter writes to us saying, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, like the aimless conduct received by the traditions of your fathers and But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. And so this was a burnt offering, the first ram. The second ram was the ram of consecration, verses 19 through 25. The second ram, in addition to its blood being sprinkled all around the altar, it was also placed on Aaron and his sons, their right ears, their right thumbs, and their right big toes. And some of the blood then was mingled with the anointing oil and then sprinkled on their garments to consecrate them and their service to the Lord. And like the peace offering, again, we'll learn about the peace offerings in Leviticus, but like the peace offering, they were able to have a portion of the offering, to consume a portion of it, in a sense, having communion with God there at the temple or the tabernacle. So we read about this third offering in verses 19 through 25. It says, You shall take the other ram, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands on the head of the ram. You shall kill the ram and take some of its blood and put it on the tip of the right ear of Aaron and the tip of the right ear of his sons and on the thumb of their right hand and on their big toe of the right foot and sprinkle the blood all around the altar. And you shall take some of the blood that is on the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and his garments, on his sons and on the garments of his sons with him. And he and his garments shall be hallowed and his sons and garments with him. Also, you shall take the fat of the ram, the Fat tail, the fat that covers the entrails, the fatty lobe attached to the liver, the two kidneys, the fat on them, and the right thigh, for it is the ram of consecration, 
One loaf of bread, one cake made with oil, one wafer from the basket of unleavened bread that is before the Lord. And you shall put these in the hands of Aaron, in the hands of his sons. And you shall wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. You shall receive them back from their hands and burn them up on the altar as a burnt offering, as a sweet aroma before the Lord. It is an offering made by fire to the Lord. So again, identifying with these things, they're placed in their hands and then put back on the altar, but only a portion this time. The whole ram is not burned up, but only a portion. It became a wave offering before the Lord. So Father, open our hearts that we might see. Cleanse your church, the daily washing of your word. Help us, Lord, to hear from you. Help us, Lord, to do your work with our hands. Help us, Lord, to walk in your ways. Help us, Lord, to wash daily by your word. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Pray that God would bless you and keep you, that his face would always shine upon you and give you peace. God bless. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.